Welcome back to the Impact Series podcast, where we share the experiences of social entrepreneurs and change makers from around the world. I'm Yajide. Today, we are honored to be speaking with Nima Namadamu, the fearless founder and executive director of Sefeco Synergy of Women's Congolese Association, which is a powerful association of women and women-led NGOs who encourage and support one another on their work on peace, rights, and development agendas that prioritize human rights and the rights of nature. Nima has also founded the Hero Woman Rising Center in the U.S., providing computer literacy training and free internet to 150 women and girls per week, helping them to communicate and share their stories globally. The second woman in her ethnic group to graduate with a bachelor's degree, Nima has overcome every obstacle out in her way while simultaneously working to improve the quality of life for others. Nima, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, too. So. What made you feel growing up that you had a voice when so many other women in so many different areas of the world do not feel that way? I think it's through my mother because when she was uh, like requested or asking my dad to give the like to pay school fees and always talking, fighting for that. I get that in the, uh, in the how I get education. And that I say, okay, I have that one woman, she didn't have education, she didn't have microphone, and uh, she didn't know any language, but she fight for me. And I also fight for another one girl or two, and we continue like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your mother really inspired you and kind of gave it's you, life. she showed you that women can have a voice. Yes, and when you have a voice, when you speak out, when you speak out, you get solution. My mother is always looking for solution. It, it, she's, she's inspired me, and me really. I see when you speak, when you ask, you request something. Sometimes you have a solution. Is other ways also silence talk, but the silence for big people, big personality or system. Yes, the silence when they are quiet is also answer. But for people, simple people like Nema, when you don't speak, you don't get where you have. Is always fighting for my rights. So it sounds like you almost realized that you had no choice but to speak. Yeah, exactly. No choice. Yes. That's amazing. That's something so many of us may not even understand. So let's move on to the story of the founding of Sofeco and Hero Woman Rising. What brought those organizations and those movements about for you? Those movements, they begin from a long time, but they get like a paper and official administration. Yes, is how I found Sofeco Synergy mm-hmm. uh, for Congolese Association. That was only official in 2012. Mm-hmm. And also, Women Rising, I found in America, or those people who listening to my story, who have my story, and say how we can help. Because, you know, American and Congo is really totally different administration. Mm-hmm. And now I find Hair Women Rising is the, the mission of Hair Women Rising is to support Safeco in DRC, to, to help my work, to support my work. People want to contribute. People want to support my work. 
people who they are also passionate, they come together to all this uh, Women Rising family. And we have a journey together, mm-hmm. is how we find it. But I begin a long time ago because when I begin speaking out, when I begin talking about other women, my sister and my neighbors, and that kind of is how organization began. Yes, in officially we get paper in 2012, but they began a long time ago when I was at secondary school. When I was at secondary school in my town, Bokavu, I began talking on radio, doing talking about, please let kids with disability have access to education. That was beginning maybe 40 years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. A little more about that. How did you move from being in secondary school, speaking out on a radio show to launching this association? Yeah, because, you know, when I was in secondary school, I was only one girl for thousands of girls because it's a big school, college, in secondary school. Catholic run that school is big in my town. And I was only one girl with a disability. And the people, everyone who saw me, they were like shocked how this girl that she can have to go to school. And there was many stairs on, a stair on my school because I was living in boarding school. I sleep up and I come down in no elevator. All my six years when I passed there was only skeleting stairs, hundreds of stairs every day go back. And um, they have on radio, they say, oh, she can speak French, she can speak Swahili, she can speak different language, national language. And now they, they come to ask my headmaster if they can give me like permission to go to speak on radio to begin to do sensibilization. Is how I, they begin maybe planting the seeds to talk, to speak about other people in that age when I was a young girl. So the radio show really gave you, the ability to do that really gave you um, the forum to start developing your voice. And yes, because... <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. Yes, and I realized, but because that's the kind of, and when, when you go to radio that time, my colleague and my other kids at school say, Please, when you are there, send me music. You can, I can say, oh, this is music about my classmates or my friends and my teachers. And I was like, star, you know, to go to radio, to national radio. It was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So in doing that, you were able to start having people recognize you, start having people and, and friends and neighbors and things say like, hey, this woman has a voice. Let's see what we can do with it. And it's yes. like that led on to the building of this association and, and Hero Life Rising. Yes, that bring that kind of voice and talking about other people. And I was not really talking about myself and how people ask me, who gives you that energy going, going, speaking out every time? Because it's amazing, you know, with that technology, and how this, we take advantage of this. Look, I'm in a meeting with you. You are somewhere in the world, and I touch one button, and I'm, I'm in your office, and you are in my office. Exactly, exactly. Great. Yeah. So I think you touched a little bit on this before, but what was the original goal of um, these organizations, and then how have those goals shifted since, 
the beginning, not even 2012, but since. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of when you have, like, you speak out and one program or one project gives birth to another. I see. Is, is it how they begin? Yes, when you speak out, is you don't, when you speak out, really, you don't know where is who is listening. It's different people can listen to you. You never know where is. It's like you are planting seed somewhere, but you are planting seed in heart and mind people, and different people, and different uh, kind of environment. And sometimes the, your your word or your voice goes on the heart of, for example, one mother, one father, sister, neighbor or one man, one somebody who is passionate about only he wants to hear your voice and he say, how I can help? Is how we have a different program and we are building that kind of family together. We build the voice. And it's always some kind of, when you speak out, you never know who is listening. That is very true. It sounds like it's been a very organic process responding to the people who are listening who say, Either I have this need or I have this ability and I want to help. Yes. And you give the people, really, you give the people opportunities. Some people who have this help, for example, have a computer. And they say, oh, Nehemiah is using a computer. Or is the one who have like electricity, for example, say, oh, she needs electricity in her office. For example, now we are using a generator. And you can say, oh, she needs fuel, or she needs a generator, or she needs solar. Those kind of someone who can listen to that. And is it people who are waiting for solutions? There are people, some they are making problems, but it's the other people who bring always a solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's why it's good to speak out, because you find a solution, you find answer. That's very true. That sounds like it goes back to some of what I've seen from your organization, which is really, really grassroots mobilization to get people from from the community to get together and work to to build themselves up. Yeah. What would you say is the overall mission of of Sofeco and Here Women Rising since they're so in tandem? Is it to empower women? To live out, to up women, to say, you are mother, you are woman. This is your responsibility. This is your opportunity too. That is our big mission. Is a really big mission or one goal or different program, one goal. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you guys are really doing that right now. So what are some of the more recent projects that you guys have been working on? Through these two, oh. <laughs> so yeah, you can we name them all, or you can name a couple, however many. Yes, we have like uh, we have this one technology. We have a two big center, one in the Bukavu and another in a very remote area where I'm born in the Mwenga territory in Itombo sector. We have a two center. Those technologies like driving our really big vision to empower women. They can share stories, different ways to share stories, to get those different. And that big, that uh, two big center now, they give 
born, they give birth to other different programs. For example, one is really big is a pad when you do pad for girls. And we build that pad because keep girls on the school. That is one program that we have. From because we have a technology, we go online, we look for other kind of um, connection. And women give us a solution for remote, for real women. And now we met had we already distributed 2,000 on two different uh, schools around our center in Itombo. We already give it to 2,000 girls on a school. That is the program we give that uh, keep girls on a school. That is one program we have in a very remote area. And other big program we have for um, women in the village for uh, those kind of um, of uh, uh, keeping uh, girls on a school or that kind of problem. It's not a problem, it's a solution we have, planting trees, because we are fighting with climate change. We already plant like uh, 70,000 uh, trees, because we have uh, four nurses to do be, begin planting trees. That came why when women go through uh, uh, like uh, wood for cooking, to have light night, and uh, to have everything. And uh, they go so far because, you know, let me tell you about Congo. Congo is second rainforest after Amazon forest. Oh, wow. Yes, Congo. And uh, that kind of, and you know, my country also is uh, maybe now 24 years civil wars different militias and different problems. And also we have uh, those kind of um, uh, minerals, mining minerals, and it's not organizing. And the people who go to dig for minerals, they cut trees. They cut trees and also other put fire because they are like, they have a cow, they are firm because they want to have a new grass for cows and uh, growth and uh, all the kind of people because they live on a farm and they, they are cub people and that kind make really forest like destruction and they do kilometers and kilometers and when we live really naturally we don't have air conditioner we don't have uh, light and the people will live the night you cook with trees and when you don't have a trees, no life. And this kind of climate change now, we see only consequences because we live naturally. Because of those influence from outside and they cut trees. And now we have many diseases and no tree was produced like people, indigenous people, because they, they eat some, they have special fruits and, uh, and the trees, people eat in our neighbors because we live around Itombe forest and those kind is disparating. Mm -hmm. They can't plant, you know, a little French? You know, chenille is like uh, some kind of, some things is coming through trees, people eat. Okay. It's very, very good for women who are pregnant. They give really big energy for women who are pregnant. But right now, 
you see women, many women die because they don't have those kind of fruit and the food oh, wow. and the organic and all those kind destruction. Really, we are front line of about climate change because we don't have another alternative. Wow. That is a big project we are doing right now. We already planted 7,000 uh, trees, but we are continuing. And we are looking for big, to have a big help, to have, for example, seeds, to have uh, material to use, to do all of those kind of nurse, to have all of those kind of to help us. That is a big project we have right now because we are trying to fight with uh, climate change. That is really big, yes, it's a big, uh, uh, a big project or program that we have with that. And another one big and exciting, we are beginning building a growth school. Yeah, because growth school, because the growth didn't have a real opportunity. And uh, where I see things, how things can change, is between men and women. And because African countries, they are so patriarchal system, and uh, is why problem continue because we don't have the balance between men and women. The only men they are only always busy fighting for power, fighting for position, fighting for title, and the, and the women they are ruthless. They don't have that opportunity. Is why for me this is my only point of view. Because we don't have that balance between men and women is why our continent, African, still down because of no balance. That really is the kind of, now I'm fighting for to begin to build that power, to give the women education. They can know this is my right. They can be considering like human beings. They can have the freedom to speak out. They can have the real power to be, to say, to face that power, masculine powers, mm-hmm. is why really I'm doing those projects. Oh. Is that project we are doing right now. That is really amazing. It seems like you guys are, are touching on so many different areas in yes. the community, so many different lines in the community. So I wanted yes. to, to focus um, in even more on women and young girls. At the Lumpkin Summit in February, um, the Lumpkin Summit to um, end genocide and mass atrocities in February, um, you had shared a bit on women and young girls and ensuring that they have agency and a voice in the solutions aimed at them. How do you feel that education plays a role in um, their having that agency? I think the women, every woman become agency for change. And that when you give uh, education, is you give them opportunities. You give them uh, visibility. You expose them, in other words. And they can read themselves talking. For example, I couldn't talk with you. Then I don't speak English because I have education. I know how to express myself. I learned English by force because I wanted to give my words out. Is why where I see education with young girls, they can really raise up Africa. They can raise up 
our continent because you know it's always people say in French, you know, we always have those kind of culture. We don't have really our own language. It said in French, it say l'Afrique est le berceau de l'humanité. Do you understand that? No, but it sounded beautiful. Is the Africa is is like is, is world born through Africa? Africa is mother. is is mother continent. is is mother for all other continents. Africa was there. You understand what I mean? I right. Yes. And now human being or how kind came and those development is like they don't remember really like we can doing Egyptian stories beginning. And that kind of where I want to have that kind of, of balance. And, you know, where I was talking is, when they asking me that question, it's like colonizers, they came, and those are the kind of system that was already built, the patriarchal system, they pushed way down, and the wisdom, women wisdom, they say, oh, they are witch, they are sorcerers, they put fire on them, our grandma and the grandma, but that kind of, those afraid about, Women power, women wisdom, not power, wisdom, because power is men's power, but wisdom, women wisdom. And when they, now we give them mm-hmm. opportunities, we give them education, is why I really begin to build, to begin down, to give them, to empower them, to give them a voice, to give them education, and things can happen for themselves. I think that is all very, very true. So you're you're right in the spot you need to be when it comes to really empowering women. What are some of the attitudes? So some of the the um, so some of the challenges that you've experienced, and some of the pushback that you've gotten from people as you have built up the organization. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that you cannot. Uh, everyone cannot be a hundred percent yes and everyone cannot maybe love the way we are doing first of all we have a, a kind of um like uh conflict about generational conflict that is the number one mm-hmm. generational conflict secondly to be women to work in in this country in particular, the Congo, they really they have this kind of patriarchal system. It's still so heavy, so heavy. Mm-hmm. It's like they can put mountain on you and work with that or mountain on you. That's kind of challenge we have. And because of that, we don't have a consideration. No one who can say you are able to do this. Get funds is really hard. You work so hard. Because you are working on the same area with powerful, you can't go to market to buy some kind of people. Like I have internet here in my office, but to get that internet is only in mind people. They think this is a thing for men, but because I know I need that and I can use that. People can say, oh, she doesn't have the capacity. 
but I know how now to can take advantage of this internet and I can use in a good way. The challenge really is the kind of to be in system where is no consideration, no respect, no voice, and you fight. You fight for something you cannot fight. Or really some kind of is obstacle for 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 many is not obstacle. For example, I can write grants and uh, men organization write grants. They can get granted because they know oh they are professional, they know to do this. We know to do that, but you know, we was not supposed to fight. That is how it is. We continue to fight. It's real obstacle. Yeah, we have many, but we overcome. We cannot stop. We always overcome and the fighting. And we, we use the little we have, little by little, and we can get where we are going. It sounds like you do what you have to do because there's really no other option but to push forward. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shift um, to, to more on the impact that you guys are having in your community. How do you measure the impact that you're having? What are some of the um, some of the metrics that you guys use? Okay, impact. How I use is how first of all I do on myself. You see, uh, people begin giving you respect. They can pretend, but Okay, if it's a pretend, it's no matter, but they give you that respect. That's kind. And secondly, before I begin working, when I go to office, they like authorities' office, they cannot give you audience. Mm-hmm. They can say, oh, she come begging. And they can say, look, like $1 or $2 to give her, say, oh, chief is not there. Because they don't want to, maybe they think only you are coming and begging, but you don't come to begging. Mm-hmm. And right now, when I go to ask any audience, always give me audience. And the people welcoming me, and they know I'm not coming to begging. Mm-hmm. Last week on uh, Friday, I was uh, in governor office because uh, I have visitors coming. In uh, from my friend, she's my, she's going to we were, we are going to work together. She's the princess of Belgium, and now when I went there to ask uh, uh, people, government to tell them because I can't receive the big personality without telling whole government uh, they will come welcoming her, and they was really welcoming me, and I see. I went the same day and they, they give me audience and I see them. That is how I measure. I, I really kind of impact on myself and our organization too. And other women also, they give me some. I already connecting some people. I give them recommendation. They have already also another organization from Germany. Uh, they give uh, funds for one organization they call Misericord. And now they are building also orphan school, primary school. And is it through 
my relationship I have, and that I begin to see some kind of impact. I impact my community, and that's different community. Mm-hmm. And other other impact when I do um uh pad for girls was like a taboo, and the people say, "Don't say this in front of men," and they say, "Please." You think the men and the woman was resisting. They say, please, you think the men, they don't know you have a period? I was like, no, please. They know. And I began to tell girls in our different school, be proud to be girls. Don't hate yourself because you are born girls. And I say, be proud. You are girls. And you are really, sometimes I say, take, take advantage to be women. And they like to be proud how you know to we can be women proud you you feel like confident you know to be women sometimes you joke with men but to be proud to be women to have the really kind of things and that's kind of I was now people begin now grow get proud they don't have shame everything for women becomes secret becomes shame I told them no. Is don't be shame to be gross or don't be shame to be to have a period. Just be proud mm-hmm. and be really so nice to yourself when you have a period. Without the period, you can't we can't have a kid. And if you don't have a period, then you are girl, you are disabled, you are disability. Mm-hmm. And when you have a period, please celebrate. Celebrate and it now become like when you have, when I give them part, I say this is dignity for girls, for women, and that's kind of I see impact, and how I measure impact, and it really is making me happy. And I say if I pass away today, the history and the, my action will talk themselves. So it seems it seems as if you're looking at the the empowerment that you're seeing amongst the women, amongst the people that you're working with, the change in perceptions that your community and the officials and stakeholders are having. Yes. When you see that shift, you're seeing, you're seeing the, you're seeing impact. In the impact that you're having, how do you all keep count of, of the, the effect and the number of people that you're affecting, whether it's, the number of girls who are in school, the number of girls who now have access to um, sanitary products, the number of women who are becoming more technologically literate. How do you keep keep count of that? I, I, I have an employee. People who are working mm-hmm. and almost they are women. And also other things, secondly, uh, like I said, like uh, we already distribute 2,000 pad for different schools around our center. That center is a remote area. 2,000, that is a program already distributed. Secondly, you see women begin talking in out, speaking out, participate on different meetings. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have already one, she's going to Paris in April. Wow. Yeah, we already have another one, she was in South Africa. We have another one, um, she was in Nairobi. Another one, she was in Kampala. 
and we met different women and we have our different we, they go to meeting begin know how to, to walk up to go to speak yes they are not speaker but they participate and when they back they give like uh, report how they went how they share how they they, they talk about Congo about themselves. That really gives me a kind of of of, of uh, listening to to kind of how things work. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, what would you say is the greatest power of grassroots organizations like yours? To have an impact that some of the larger, more recognizable aid organizations don't have the ability to do or just don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand. And they don't understand the culture. That is the number one. Mm-hmm. Secondary, they are not in the community because me, I'm one of those people. And I know the need. And me also, I need where they need. And I, 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 I'm not different. Very different only because I speak different language and I can put those needs on writing. Mm-hmm. That is different we can have. But otherwise, everything is really, uh, <clears throat> sorry, is the same. Mm-hmm. Why you say like that a big organization? Big organization, they are like, uh, somehow uh, above, you know, they are not really on the ground. You see, they have office. They meet all only those people who speak those language, administration language. Yes, but community grassroots. You are in the community. You are one of those communities. You understand. You see issues. We see problems, but only different. You are looking for solutions. You guys are on the ground. You're experiencing what the issues are versus yes. being having a bird's eye view that some of the bigger organizations tend to have. Yes. That's, that's amazing. That's why grassroots yeah. work. So, yes, and the grassroots, another kind of, I can tell you, Mm-hmm. For example, when you have this big organization, mm-hmm. they meet all those kind of professional people. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. No problem. They don't want uh, this kind big organization no really information. For example, when they come here in the Bukavu, they say, oh, don't go to villages. They are insecurity. You can only do whatever you're supposed to do here in the town. And they say they are in Congo. And they are only in big town, for example, capital city. And that there are thousands and thousands of kilometers where grassroots they are. They don't really have information. They bring, they bring a solution without no problem. Mm-hmm. And they miss that misunderstanding is why the really big organization they don't success. They can have uh, material resources, 
but they don't know really what is the challenge and the problem and is how they don't make impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. So as you look to the future of Sofeco and Here Woman Rising, where do you see them five to 10 years from now? What do you see these organizations doing in five to 10 years? In five, 10 years, I see they grow up and the hair women rising right now, they will be overworked. I will begin from the United States to other countries who have some kind of same problems. I can help if I have, because uh, it's like um, I'm sick here in my country, in Congo, and if I'm sick, I can't visit another someone who is sick in neighbor country. But when I'm really kind of have little energy, I will also grow up in 10, day, in 10 years. I will be overworld walking through the women rising. Maybe other people, maybe I will be already maybe tired, but I will maybe give advice. But I see the grow up really so will be big. And I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see it either. Yeah. So what would you say to those who are listening that wonder about their ability, how they can make an impact, help you make an impact in your community and support the great work that you guys are doing? Uh, well, uh, how, if you're listening to us, okay, they can be free to contribute with advice, technical support. For example, really we are in the grassroots organization and this is really so kind of revolutionary, like internet, like we are doing meetings. And I have one, uh, Rebecca, who's always making these things to happen. Rebecca, she's now in Santa Fe. I say hi to her. And what I want is to have those people to help other things can happen. It took really some kind of village, something can happen. Is it now she make me in touch with you with technology or also support? We, because this requests some kind of support, money, for example, internet uh, is very expensive. We pay, for example, one uh, megabyte. I don't know how they measure those kind of internet. We pay $500 by month. And uh, that kind of internet, I pay $500. And it's a little, little, really small. And that kind, I pay that. And also fuel, for example, I'm using fuel right now. And I'm using generator to keep all those kind of maintenance, everything, request some as resources and everyone who hear us or who wanted to jump in to help is free to give whatever you can support. The support is welcome. Always support is welcome. Mm-hmm. Support grassroots however we can. Yes. So I want to, I think this is a good place for us to end. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to participate in our Impact Series podcast. Um, We're really excited to follow Safeka and 
Sefeco and hear women rising and to see the exciting developments in the years to come. Thank, Thank you so you much. much for your time and for your love to support Herman Rising and uh, Safeco. And if someone who wants to follow us, you can go herwomenrising.org. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank Amy. you. You are welcome. Ciao. Mm-hmm.